It's the end of the summer, which means for many of you, it's the beginning of a brand new school year. So this episode is kind of devoted to that, but anyone can be listening to this episode, especially if you enjoy planning and organizing for a season of life, which means it's kind of like the educators and teachers. So what I try to do with these episodes is give you episodes that are airing around the time that I think you will listen to this episode. So you can actually technically listen to this episode anytime during the year, but when it's first airing, it will be in August. And that for many of us here in the US means it's the end of summer and the beginning of school year. A lot of you are educators and school teachers that are listeners of our podcast. So we're devoting a couple of these episodes for you. And this is the last of them. The first was at the beginning of the summer, we had Ebony Creighton and she talked all about how to get organized during the summer when you're a parent or you're a caregiver and you're trying to find fun new things like the moms and whatnot and the dads and the parents who are trying to find fun things during the summer, but also stay organized and not be totally overwhelmed, right? So we devoted that episode at at the beginning of the summer. And this episode is kind of to round us off at the end of summer. We also talked about paper organizing last week. So that kind of starts to get you prepared for the new school year and whatnot. So that's kind of what I like to do, kind of give you some episodes that I think are perfectly timed for the season that I think you mostly will listen to this episode for. So this episode is with a good friend of mine, Monica Monfrey, and she was a former school teacher for years and years. So she has the experience as a school teacher and she and I are having more of an informal conversation about how she was able to stay on top of it during the school year as a teacher and more specifically in the classroom. Her tips are great for those of you who are homeschoolers as well. So you are an educator, whether it's full-time, part-time in more of a traditional school setting, but where you have lessons and you're kind of giving people these, you know, lessons during the school year. So I actually think some of her tips are very applicable for some of you that are coaches and that give valuable lessons type of thing during, like I said, like a full school year or a season of life. So she is our guest today. Monica, like I said, was a former school teacher. She is also a speaker and trainer, and she's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just having practical tips for everyday educators and people who have to manage other people's lives, if you will. Because, you know, when you're a school teacher, you are not just organizing yourself, but you're organizing your whole classroom. I thought she was a perfect person to get all of us organized right before the school year starts. So, as always, we get straight to the nitty gritty. So, you get the most amount of information in our time together. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Monica Monfrey on maintaining classroom and educator space organizing throughout the year. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. Hello, Monica. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad you are our guest today because I've been wanting to talk about this for a really long time. And as our community knows, we already did the introduction and we get straight to the nitty gritty. And I've been wanting to talk to a former teacher for so long on the podcast specifically, because I feel like you and either school teachers or educators are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to organizing and productive, like you have to be, (laughs) you have to be in your own way. And that's the thing. And like in your own way. So I'm excited about the conversation today. So welcome, welcome. We are going to first just get to the why is this even an important topic and why we're devoting an entire episode to this. And that is why is it important to 
establish routines or be organized before you even start the school year or very early on in the school year, whether again, if you're homeschooling or if you're more in traditional classroom style, like why is this an important part of an educator's organizing journey? Oh my gosh. This is such a great question. And Stephanie, I don't know if you know this, but my very first day of teaching was the very first day I showed up to the job. Like I had never done student teaching before I was hired non-traditionally. And I was, you know, a smidgen organized. I had no idea what was going to hit me. But literally, they tell teachers, whether it's your first year or your 20th year, right, you have to be ready to hit the pavement running. Like the thing, there's no like, yay, it's the first day of school. Like, let's all, especially if you teach high school, I taught high schoolers. So for me, I think when I look back at those first years when I was still figuring it out, and now when I like think back to like years 13, 14, 15, like starting off organized just for my brain also allowed me to feel really ready to just be present with my students and to start off strong. Whether that organization was how you're going to enter the classroom, like that's part of being organized. Whether it was the routines of like, this is how my day is going to start. This is how I'm going to end my day. I remember my first year, like I had no organization. I would show up like an hour before school three o'clock, four o'clock came, I did a charter school and I would be there until like six or seven because I had no idea how to start and end my day. So even that much of organization helps with sustainability. And then also when the students were like, miss, where should I put this? And I would be like, oh my gosh, if you could see my classroom the first year, there was papers everywhere. It felt organized in my brain. But I know that the more that I got organized and the sooner I did it, the more effective I was inside the classroom and the just the better my classroom ran. You mentioned something very important here because you're handling other people's education and you're with other people, like you can't control that. And so that's the space that you can control. Like you just mentioned that, like, hey, I can't have so-and-so student be organized or whatever. They they are doing what they're they're doing. I feel like you just took control of that on your own because you can control, you can help that. So funny because my students are probably more organized than I ever was. And so they help teach me how to be more organized. That's the thing. Again, they're only consumed with their own organization, not the whole classroom. It could be 15, 30 bodies. Even if you're a homeschooler, that's still more than one person you are responsible for. So um, that's something to, to always think about. Like you're not just organizing yourself, but other people too. That's the importance of it. How long do you think it took you to find a good rhythm, like a, a, your style, like what worked for you? It takes a long time. I think that for newer teachers, I just would say like, give yourself grace because it took me a while. And there's lots of different parts of organization inside of the classroom. So I didn't really have an organization to my day until probably year three, because I was just sort of trying to get by. But the organization around how I collected papers, that really was the first year I I started to think about how this could look and testing it out. One thing that I think is so unique for teachers is you might have multiple different systems based upon your class. So I taught five periods when I first started, five sections, and two of those I had a co-teacher with. So those organizations were different because again, we're managing two people's organization styles and also students who maybe had different legal requirements around what organization needed to look like for them. So certain ones got 
better. I would still say that when I left teaching in last year, so my last school year was 2021 to 2022, I felt like I was pretty down to the organization aspects of it. And the thing that I, I wish if I could have gotten it done faster would have been my calendar and just putting in dates on there. So my first year, I was like paper planner. Also, I think it's so key. You might ask this question later, but I was teaching for 15 years. So when I started teaching was 2007 to 2008. And the technology that helped me get my life together as a teacher drastically changed. I mean, 15 years isn't a huge like span, I think. But it's it's a huge span in the technology and teaching world. So I do think that I had to switch everything up. But those first couple of years, I, I definitely would say the grace to get some things together. And the most important thing, though, after year three, when I got my day to get together, I enjoyed teaching so much more. But it took me a while to figure out what it would be like if I wasn't at the school building from 7am to 7pm. Yeah. What would be the one thing that or habit maybe that carried you through you think like the one that you were consistent with even if things were changing around you even if you were co-teaching like what's that one habit you you think you would accredit to your staying organized long term I think putting timers into my calendar teachers talk a lot about timers for students but it was super helpful for me to have either timers or reminders so Using Google Calendar has been the one thing that once I figured out how to use it, it was so helpful. And when I think about being organized, whether it is like putting in appointments for the beginning of the day and saying like, change the date on your board, the things that you just think you would do, but having those sort of set up and then also putting in a reminder, I hope it's okay to say this, Stephanie, but to go to the bathroom, right? Like I would forget, like, I think things, if you're not in the classroom, you might not think about oh, I just go to the bathroom whenever I like need to. But as a teacher, I was like, you have 15 minutes. Now would be a great time to go to the bathroom, get some water, maybe put some substance in your body. So those are like the base organizing that will sustain you, whether your kids are doing what they're supposed to do or not is, are you taken care of? Oh, 100%. And I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, we can. Though Those are like basic human needs. And we sometimes forget when we're talking about, oh, I wish I was more organized. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm such a mess or a hot mess express. You don't think about, well, how just go to the basics. Are you taking care of yourself? Because if that's not sustained, then the rest will be really hard. Not impossible, but really hard. Your energy won't be up. Not like exercising or really just anything like you have to be able to sustain it. So I I can see that 100%. Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. Human needs, everybody. Meet your basic human needs. Oh my gosh. I worked at a school before that didn't let us eat in front of the kids because they were like, if the kids can't eat, you can't eat. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to get by? I think that's like the Google calendar just reminding myself that it was time to do the thing. So important. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, great. You're You're putting things on the calendar and you've got your timers or whatever that one thing that is helping you stay organized long term. Great. But then life happened. Either at the school, things changed, you got added another educator into the picture, you were more home-based, just like things got shaken up. What are a couple tips that you would give people that are going through a major change and they just feel really overwhelmed and they don't think they can go back to their old routines or it's getting really hard to go back or even restart one that they just haven't even had? Like, what are some of those tips that you would give to people? 
There are so many. I think one of the things that I loved about teaching and I still love about it is that it does always change. So I think what's really helpful is to do an organization routine at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week. I think oftentimes we hear to-do lists are really important. What I found that I loved, and I have some like sitting here because I still haven't given this up, is I love sticky notes. So it was really helpful for me in teaching is stressful. So I used to love to put sticky notes around the room. That would be the, the things that I had to do. And then when they were finished, depending on how I felt that day, if it was a great day, I would just toss them away. If it was like a really stressful day, I would use the sticky notes as a way to like tear up or to crumple up. So one of the most important things is maybe putting it in your planner. Sometimes planning, like putting it in the planner on the Google Calendar can feel really like permanent. And then if you don't get it done, it feels really like stressful. So if you're going through a big change, one of the things that I loved as a teacher, again, were sticky notes. I know they can get lost. Uh, so they're not probably, they're not always the most important, but it was helpful to me to know that there was malleability in that routine. And I didn't feel many teachers uh, were probably former high achievers inside of their space. And they, we want things to be done perfect and done right. So if it's in a book, it can feel like, oh, I'm a failure versus like, if it's a sticky note, I can just move it to a different day or I can just like throw it away. And I don't even know that it ever existed before. And then by doing that, it allowed me to sort of also see what were things that were pretty consistent that then I could create more systems around. So giving yourself some flexibility and some trial and error. And again, there's lots of different ways to organize sticky notes, but I really liked First of all, they give them to you. And I'm a big fan of whatever the school gives me, I use. And I like that they were color coded. I like that they could, again, I could throw them out. And I also think that if you're somebody who really enjoys motivation, buying sticky notes that have like really positive, really nice things on them can help you stay motivated throughout your daily routine and throughout your organization. So I'm a huge fan of sticky notes for organizing and scheduling. I love that. I didn't even think about that mobility of that task. And that, like you said, we do, we talk about that a lot in paper planner type of organizing, but absolutely. I can see that when you have a room, like your room or your area that you can move it around to where you need to go, where it needs to go next, or just have it be movable, like the reminder to be movable. So I love that. Okay. So we taught, you actually mentioned this earlier about the digital organizing. So let's talk a little bit about that because you're right. Things have changed very quickly. And we actually talk about how digital organizing is, is one, it's a category, of course, it's a category within organizing, but people sometimes think about it as, oh, it's just, it, it's not even a thing. It's like digital files or digital org, or, or it's not even a thing. People just think about their physical space. So with digital organizing, do were you a hybrid type of person? Did it take you a while to transition from one to the other? Was it an easy transition for you? And what tips would you give to somebody that is going through that now, especially because we're going so much more in the hybrid mode so that they can stay organized both in their digital space and their physical space? It was hybrid for me. I think about how I scheduled my calendar versus how I scheduled or how I organized my files. One of the things that was helpful at some schools, I'm going to talk about files first. Some schools had like a system that you had to use and that was really helpful. Like how do we name our curriculum? How do we name our lessons? How do we name our worksheets? Google Classroom, like through the pandemic, I think people had to get organized because of Google Classroom and because parents were getting access to it. 
But one thing I used to when I first started, I would say like fun things that'd be like unit one, da da da. And I soon learned that the way that digital organizing happens in Google or any file is knowing that numbers first and then letters. So as I progress, I have to, I actually have to go back and I'm even reorganizing by adding in the years and adding in the reminders and color coding because teachers, one of the best things about if you set up a strong organizational system for your curriculum, it's so much easier to pull out that lesson. I'm blessed in that I remember like, oh, I taught this lesson in October. Like I always would teach James Baldwin my dungeon shook like every single year I knew I taught that in the very first week of school. So if I needed to find it, I could oftentimes just go back to that date planner. But not everybody remembers exactly what you've taught. So I think in your files, putting them by dates, remembering the years first so that you can have easy access and replicate it. And if your administration also needs access, they're not trying to figure out what you meant by unit one shapes and sounds. Like they know that this was taught in 2023, September 1st, unit one, lesson one, and then just being really consistent wasn't always that organized. But it's helpful to think of it that way. And then when I think about my calendars, I also I really like to write things down. This is where I always I need to listen to some of your other podcasts about this too. Because for me, I like to write things down because when I write, it creates memory in my brain. So if I'm writing it down, that actually creates, this is nerdy, I'm so sorry, but this creates the brain matter. So I still really like to have a digital planner. I like an undated one so that if I miss dates, I don't feel like I wasted time. And then I would sit there with my Google calendar or whichever school calendar you might be using. I know a lot of teachers like to use passion planners and they have a digital program and a physical one. So I like to do the hybrid only because the writing reminds me that it's creating that that memory for me. But digital is nice because I can easily share it with whoever needs to see it, whether that's your administration or your co-teachers. And it can be color-coded. And I used to like to block off time too. If I was like not available, I wanted people to see that I'm not available. I used to hide out of my classroom. So people can't see that on a digital planner or on a paper planner. So hybrid is still good to me. But I would say just being really organized and knowing what your school does and then what you do. And I also had a shadow organizing system because I found my school to be very disorganized. I've worked in many of them, so I, nobody needs to know which one it was. But I found them to be very disorganized. And I remember them saying like, it was in my evaluation, like, we always know where your lesson plans are. So I think it's really important that the school, they might have theirs. But if you have a shadow organization system, that that can be something that helps you set sets you apart from other educators and becomes a strength that you might even be able to share with your team what you're doing. So I hope that's helpful. It, it absolutely. And well, one of the reasons like you're uh, the guest today for this topic is because you are so good at identifying what your trouble spots are in your memory bank, and then you kind of adjust to that. And every time we have a conversation, you're like, okay, I know this, this is something I'm not going to remember. So I need to make adjustments for that. Or this comes very natural to me. Like you said, I, I usually will know what I teach around this time. So that doesn't need as much work, if you will. So I feel like you just follow your your own habits and work from that, which is what we talk about here at the Organist Flamingo, like having it be as organic to your being as possible. So you're not trying to force all these 30 different new habits at the beginning of the year that you've never even done before. And all of a sudden you want to be this like 
stellar organized teacher and you're like, I've never done that before. Your brain's like, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> and I think one thing I haven't mentioned that's that I guess if I think back to one of your first questions and then this question, I used to save all of my grading until all of the kids had submitted it. And then it would be a pack of like three hours of grading and it would overwhelm me. So one of the things I did do, and if I could go back, I would even add layers on this is putting in like 15 to 20 minutes a day to grade what's turned in. And I think we talk about it like an analogy to mail it. When you get your mail, like open it up, toss, file. Like when kids turn in paperwork, decide like, is that something you can grade now? Is it something you have to wait to grade? And then even marking down, I think one of the things I would sometimes forget, I would grade something and I would give it back to the students and sad story, students don't really care what I had to say on their paper, they would throw it away. And then if a digital computer went down or something went down or somebody overwrote, they'd be like, where's my grade? And so again, a couple of things that I think I would do if I was doing this over again is I would take pictures of like the gauge of the students and put them into a file so that I have that digital tracking of it as well as you're working with a co-teacher or with a team is kind of like tracking who's like turning things in. Again, as teachers, even though we're organized for ourselves, we're also organized for everybody else. So grading, I would go back to that very first question you asked me. If there's one thing I would have gotten together much sooner, it would have been, how do I want to grade? And my system for tracking the turning. Because when I taught high school literature, if 20 kids turned in a two-page essay, I was so overwhelmed. I was almost happy when some of them didn't turn it in. So I was like, oh, less paper. Hey, kids, just remember that teachers are humans as well in all the good possible ways. So (laughs) give a little grace there too. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. I can see that the grading would be really overwhelming all at once. Oh my gosh, it was like, it's like when you go on vacation and you come back and you've got like all of this mail and you're like, I don't want to go through all of that. That's sort of what it would feel like every day when I was giving assignments. (laughs) This has been such a fun conversation. And for everyone listening, if you're not following Monica, you need to, because she is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to like the real life of organizing. Most of her guests are, but with with you, Monica, since we're here together right now, you were a teacher and you were with a lot of like human beings, (laughs) other human beings that you get to see, you got to see the human interaction of of how people get and stay organized long-term, like other children too, like children and other educators. And like, you were just amongst a lot of people at once. And I think that is a talent in itself when you can juggle all that. So I'm very happy and very excited that you are here today to talk through all this. If you're not following Monica, you definitely should. She also, like I said, she has a wealth of knowledge about this, but she also extends her knowledge into other parts of a real life, like real life and business life. So I know you have lots of other of these tips that you share on your social media. So head on over there. Okay. So to finish off our conversation, we always ask our guests these questions. The first is if there is one thing you would like to leave our listeners with, like one tip, one thought, what would it be? It would be stickers. Like get stickers. It's been hard for me to to write everything, but I like stickers. And so stickers make everything fun, whether you're a teacher for your students or a teacher for yourself. I love that. Okay. So, and then the second question is, what is your favorite magazine, whether digital or physical, that you like to read for business or pleasure and why? I really like Real Simple. 
I still get it. I don't read it as often as I should, but I just love the, like, I love that it's bigger print. I think they actually changed the side of their magazine, but when it first came out, I love that it was bigger print. I love that it's got tips and tools for business folks, for teachers. I love that it's got recipes in it. I love that it's got fashion in it. It just, it, to me, it feels like me. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. Okay. Well, where can people reach you? We talked about where that you're out there in the social world. Let us know what are um, some websites or sites or uh, social media platforms where people can find you. I love Instagram. My main account is Monica Monfrey, M-O-N-I-C-A-M-O-N-F-R-E. Yes, I taught high school literature. Yes, I have an alliterative name. Even though I'm married, I still like to go by my alliterative name. Same for my website, www.monicamonfrey.com. Definitely check those out. Stay tuned. There's things that are always shifting and changing inside of my world. And those are probably the two places that Instagram is probably where. Unless you're on Facebook, I like to be on Facebook too. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your experience and all your insights with us. And everyone head on over and find Monica on the social webs. Thanks again, Monica. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing.